Now, that, that conversion experience or describing as that, that salvation experience is not my world. But I think there's two conversions. Possibly three. I think the two conversions are this, and I'm going to cut straight to the chase now. Number one, when you give your life to Jesus Christ. Is there anyone that's there? The whole course of your life changes when you submit your life to Christ. Because he's now the boss. He's in charge. So all you decide to do is our, is our brother, our friend, who's also our captain. He's our mm-hmm. master, our leader. You get on your knees to your sweet life and you reorientate everything. But there's a second conversion. It's when God breaks your heart and makes that you lost to lose some Not everyone makes that second thing. I can remember the moment when God broke my heart for those hurting and broken people. And I think we've got an amazing challenge in front of us in an increasingly broken and complex world. And if you notice that there, it's getting messy. And if you don't live in a bubble, and you choose to engage with the mess, it's getting incredibly hard to live by this. Mm-hmm. Keep your heart right. Keep on a narrow path going to make it seven. Keep it theologically right. Before I go any further, can I just say that I'm a full-on Bible-believing evangelical. Amen. I just want to put it out there before I say yours, because by the time we get to the end of the talk, you're going to think, who is this guy? Does he believe the word? And I do. I've been on the evangelical lines council for 12 years, not anymore. I didn't get kicked off or anything. But I'm a proper evangelical. And I love the word. I do. I read the NASB because I just love the purity of it. So, so you know, not King James, the NASB is actually a bit more accurate than that way I made So, yeah. I properly love the Bible. And I love Jesus. And I love seeing people getting on the straight and narrow. And I'm pretty sure that I believe that God made the heavens and the earth. And I believe yeah. that He made you. And I yes. believe that He made me. And I believe there's a plan for our lives that if yep. we get onto His path can be absolutely transformational. And I believe that only He can scratch the itch that we've all got. I believe that only Jesus Christ can scratch the itch. If you're sitting today with an itch, it's that thing that says to me, is there more, is there more? Actually, only Jesus Christ can do that. And I also believe that he writes no person off. Yes, amen. I say to our church, we are the church for a thousand second chances. A thousand, thousand second chances. You can blow up in your marriage. You can blow up on your finances. You can fall into addiction. You can do terrible things. Actually, you'll never be written off. You come back to Christ. You can sort it out. You won't be the church. Actually, in the society you're doing at the moment. You really need that. But we mm-hmm. so need this. And I believe that we need to use everything that's God's place in our hands to rescue as many people as possible before we snuff it. Because here's the yes. You are, happy Sunday by the way, you are going to die. Some, quite soon possibly. you you're going to die. You're going to breathe the last breath at some point. I came in my motorbike before I went every mortality. Every time I get on it, I think, is this the last trip? I'm praying for repentance for one seems known and unknown every time I get on it. You're going to die. And one day you'll open your eyes again. Mm. And there'll be a multitude there. And, and, and there'll be some bloke or woman come up to you and say, How'd you get in? Well, by the skin of my teeth. 
No me hagan así, baby. I said, because she told us. Because she prayed. Yeah. She beat you up. That's right. And the gospel came out. So Robert Adam said, I didn't know it's a Christian. I'm going to put that by. By whatever means we can, legally, we tell as many people as possible every breath that we've got. And as far as I can see, Jesus so believed in the need for salvation and rescue. He, he, he like stuff my reputation. Stuff how popular I am. Stuff how I appear to be. That's going to be kind of a lot of people. He's standing. So, for instance, when Jesus started his ministry, get into the Bible, he didn't start with some snazzy mission statement. A slogan. Quite from the Bible. Luke 418. You cut me off. These verses are so precious to me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Amen. And he sent me to proclaim release of the captives to the covenant of sight of the blind. Set the impressed to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he didn't just say it. He actually went out and did it. So when you immediately go to Luke chapter 5, you've got this brilliant encounter that Jesus has with a leper. Luke 5, 12. Now, to give you some context to this, if you had leprosy in the ancient Middle East, you were a scumbag. You were a no one wants to know him. He wasn't just seen as physically diseased. He was seen as a curse. You were a walking curse. If you touched someone with leprosy, you were seen to be someone who adopted that curse. Curse came upon you. It turned you physically unclean. It made you spiritually unclean. If you were a leper, you had to announce that you were unclean before you went into a town. You couldn't go into a town. You certainly wouldn't be allowed in the synagogue to worship. And just, just let this question float in the back of your brain. Who are the lepers today? To the Christians. To the believers in Christ. Who are the lepers? To the chaps. Like me. Is it, is it transgender people? People having sexual relationships? Pedophile? Why? Nazi terrorists? I think I'm not, I'm not saying the point. I'm asking the question. Who are the lepers in our society? This is what Jesus said. And there's such a challenge for us in churches. While he was in one of the cities, behold, there was a man covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell in his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, let me clean. He stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, My hand, will be cleansed. And immediately, immediately, he touched him. Lord, you need to turn over. 
Sometimes I get asked advice about discipleship and pastoral discipline. I'm like, it's a story. We had a, we had a middle class church, we were quite a poor church, obviously. One of the parliaments came to and they came to worship with us. And afterwards they said, we can't park them with you. I said, why is that? They said, well, half of your church will be under discipline in our church. I said, well, no one's fornicating with you. And no one was going on. They went, well, they're all out of the back, out of the fan. I said, well, they're not. He said, they swear. I went, well, they sort of swear. I mean, it's getting better. Good. Oh. I've got a letter, which I wish I'd kept, from other leaders in the town the church was about four years old. I'm not proud of this at all. It actually really broke my heart at the time. I had a letter from what they call the fraternal. And this is in the town. I said, you're very concerned. Because you're literally, my, my wife would testify to this. Let's just say, you're spending far too much time with people committing adultery and other such sins. I thought I'm sure I went there somewhere before. Yeah. Here, here. Yeah. Luke Gutting. Luke 7. Jesus is accused of being a wine bibber, a glutton, and a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Luke mm-hmm. 19. He eats in Zacchaeus' house. John 8 1. Stands in the gap for women committing adultery. Luke 5. Touching to marry with leprosy. We go around the churches and they're kind of clean. My church is clean. You know, the more I've got on my knees and the more I've prayed about it, the more I kind of think the Lord wants us to have this scandalous reputation. Like our churches are to be places that are beautiful, to people whose lives are messed up, people whose lives are wrecked. It may be ugly to sophisticated people who think we're all going to sort it out. You see what I mean? The question is how do we do it? Because we want people to be living good, godly lives. It's a tough one. I'm going to change a name. In my church at the moment, I bumped into someone who did a business first week. We've grown really fast. So we had about, we also lost people along the way. We started with 10 people, we had about 240 people over four years. We were about 300 people. It was a bit of a whole case of mine. It's an adventure. Anyway, it is, leaders will be secure. Have an open door policy. You're in, you're out, you're in, you're out. Just keep deciding the big problems in front of you. We had about 240 people, planting some down there. I'm going to call them Daniel. So I'm like, oh, who are you? Oh, my name's Daniel. And, Hello, fella. Oh, great to have you with us. Do you enjoy being in church? Yeah, I've been here a couple of weeks. It's great. Ah, oh, great, mate. Do you want to meet up for a group sometime? Yeah, lovely. Should we go down cost? Yeah, great. No, I'm not. So, are you on social media? Yeah, let's connect on Facebook. Brilliant. So connect on Facebook. And then I find out that Daniel was actually Helen. <laughs> years ago, I was sex trained. And now, since then, met Christ. 
What you do without everybody? Mm-hmm. Do you know what? When I met them, they were not in chat. And they said to me, I'm welcome. I'm welcome. Before the Lord, this is an alpha. We're holding hands with these people. We too, we've been before the Lord. 
excitement under the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise God, it's amazing. He's glowing. Then after this obsession, you can even celebratory pride and celebratory fad. I thought, well, we'll work this one through over time, won't we? Yeah. Here's the thing. I've all done is I place Jesus in the centre and give a temperature of wind hot. I feel like you're leaving the teaching of our church. You quite think it's cold. You know, I'm an Orthodox Evangelical, quite informed actually. To be honest, I'm charismatic too. But I'm, I'm like, keep the temperature hot. But everyone else, my job is to keep them, get them to turn around and face Christ. Mm. Then get them walking forward. Walking towards Christ, and maybe the things that we sort out in our lifetime. If I can keep them walking towards Christ, I can see salvation for them. Maybe when we die, make their eyes look down with you. We don't really need them. We don't really be tricked up with them. We don't really be right and whole as we want it to be. But maybe until that day, we might have a scandalous reputation. Within one or two years, Something on Luther, it's worth 50 quid and flog it for a tenner. Or you can have two for 15. It was one of them, something stolen goods. The first one I knew that Nicky was saying, um, we got him into Alfred, we did work Alfred for some of these guys. We, we made our own thing up. We basically feared two or three of these things, he became a paper price. First thing was at a party, he had dreadlocks. He was, he was quite a cool guy, and I'm, I'm not, he was dancing in a really cool way, and I wasn't. And he came dancing, it was like, Big part of the season. He went, beating, beating. First time without dance, without taking anything. I said, why is that, Mick? And he went, gave me like a Christ, isn't it? Like this. I went, that's amazing. He went, yeah. And he went, dancing off. Then he went, came back and went, still smoking a bit of weed, but I'm, I'm working on it. So, Amen. Like that. Great, that's brilliant, Mick. And then, so we sat down, started to disciple him, and he stopped selling stolen goods and got a job in security for as a driver. It was hilarious. <laughs> this is what the Lord was doing. It. And I baptised him. But we had to borrow the baptistry, the, 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 like a big posh baptist church up the road. And then um, we invited him. We invited all his um, partners with him. We invited all of his mates up the estate. See what's happening. 
First thing was, was making my mum in the water. And it came up. All these stories from the estate were there. And they, they were going, that's amazing! Wow! You know, the tune. But they were also at the same time dropping F bombs. That practice. They've been very sweary. And the associate pastor of the Baptist Church up the road grabbed the microphone. Standing next to the Baptist like this and said, Do forgive us. We've got one or two in the estate tonight. He was a good man. He wasn't a horrible bloke. He'd just been in the bubble. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't have a kind of swearings in the house. Culture place. Mm-hmm. Then I was asked to come to the church members meeting to explain myself. Because we were baptized with So they, they, I got this brilliant, and this beautiful woman said to me, this lovely, lovely lady, she said, what are you teaching our kids? Baptizing someone who's living with someone. That's what Nick's giving life to Christ. You know, his partner hasn't. You know, I can't, he's got five-year-old daughter, can't ask him to swing around. You know, but he's giving life to Christ, like a judgment call. But then, then they sort of got more and more intense questions. And then, you know, there are moments as a leader where sometimes you're desperate for the wisdom of Solomon. And sometimes you're not leading, sometimes you're just a gambler. This is on the moment I've got the wisdom of Solomon. I've stopped this argument. This popular argument was breaking out in the church. I was getting slaughtered. And I said, hold on. So, do you believe that many of you have heard Nicky's testimony? Do you believe he's saved? If he dies tonight, he's in heaven. This is a, there was a Baptist murmur in the centre. Great. So what we say is, is good enough for heaven, not quite good enough for the local Baptist church. That's what we say, isn't it? There was a Baptist murmur. So why not? Nick is side facing Christ. Then Leslie obviously came through much later. It's culture clash, everybody. It's culture clash. There's a broken curtain world out there. And I guarantee you, it's solid. You know it. It's stuff for the people who are broken. It's stuff for the broken people. Who, despite all your best efforts, only here this morning, because they might not think they're welcome. Despite the best efforts of leadership, heartfelt prayers, outreach, mission, it's the same for me. I'm not pointing fingers, it's the same for me. And I think that we're going to break through into this culture to keep us completely up, solid on the fundamentals. Orthodox, we also people here that made whole 
He did not want to be prepared for the ticket of scandal. I finish by saying this. I won't be able to do it time. Somebody in Germany who heard me tell you this before, it was life changing for me. Years ago, I went to India 14 times on mission trips. And most of my life was being invested into poor communities. Like the gathering is like top gear being sent to trades. Each vest that I'm in is like buttons being to move on. Anything I do is at the low rent of the things. Because I want to reach broken, broken people. I was in India, and there was about 200 people in this little hut. And we were praying, and we asked people to come forward for prayer, and the woman came forward who was amazingly wise and beautiful. You know, some people have a charisma around them. A lot of sexual beauty just like, had something about her. She came through the crowd, and I said to her, I'm in prayer, can you ask God to pray for me? And she had these beautiful blue eyes. It's like really charismatic. Deep peace. And she asked what she was prayer for. And my next friend said, It's a very embarrassing thing. She said, Just pray. And I said, Hey, can we just ask that? I'm like, Come on, can we just ask that? I said, Come on. I said, Look and pray. Come on, pray. Come. Don't know. It's pray. And I look back from Trent to her. Half her face, that open, pustful breathing. And her right arm was with it, like a little twig. I said, Holy. When she came down the middle, she looked beautiful and hot. But beautiful. And it was like one of these moments where I've got some noise cancelling headphones and then we were shut out. And I said to her, I was still, tap in. You'd see that before. And this whisper of Holy Spirit was just so incredible. Not audible, but it was so, so real. This inner voice says to me, son, just imagine to see that. The last of the music is beautiful to me. The first of the two is the speak. Change my life. What if you could see everybody like God's music? What if we could see everybody where Jesus is? Everyone with them. Everyone able to be made God. Everyone able to be transformed. No one let off. No one. No one. It's a bit more hassle. Yeah. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here today. 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 I'm going to be
after which the time now happening in the church. So this is so nearly if we're going to break into a society that's increasingly rejecting the gospel. Our church is four years old. We discovered an estate 15 minutes away, which is in the top 4% of urban deprivation in the UK. We've got that challenge. We had all kinds of plans for our church, trying to buy an tonight club at the moment, some million pound project, trying to do all sorts of things, nice things. I thought I'd say we're going to go there. Instead, apart from there. We owe people instead of hurting people. We will do that instead. So we did. So instead of doing the thing that made us look good, we can't do a church in the estate because we want to see them as vulnerable too. It's a challenge for you guys. For what are we about and what are we invest into? Should we stand together? The kids come back in. Draw to a close. It's us God to speak into our hearts. very simple thing. No music playing, it's not an atmosphere moment. If you want to say to the Lord, I want my heart to be broken for the poor, the hurting, the lost, the marginalised, you need to take me to another place. Just come and kneel in front, just for 30 seconds, and make an outward demonstration to Jesus that that's where you want to be and who you want to be, who you want this church to be. Now pray over us. And I'm kneeling with you, my heart, and telling you, I have to bring myself to this point all the time. Here I am, God. Break my heart, God, break yours. Break this a place of right and welcome. Help me to cope with those that are annoying to me, frustrate me, and hurt me. It's just kneel before the Lord. It's just a couple of moments. It's, it's, just, a, it's just a sign to Jesus that he's serious about this. Thank you, God. It's a sovereign moment. God, we pray in Jesus' name. We break our hearts, what God's yours. Help us to see people when you see them. It's beautiful and precious in your sight. I pray for this church here, God, a precious, beautiful church. You'd stuff this place full of hurting and broken people. You'd so anoint and equip this leadership even further to do radical mission into this place. God, we pray for hundreds of transformed lives. We look back in 10 years' time and think, wow, look at the healings we're seeing and the transformations we're seeing. The first one to heal the hearts here and then propel them into mission and ministry. Increase your anointed to reach the most broken, the most hurting. Quiet your spirit, God. New wine into a new wineskin, a new season, new chapter. The most hurting and broken people Totally transformed and discovering your grace and love. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Touch all our hearts, we pray. Keep us in a sweet place before you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everybody.